Shall we read a poem from A Light in the Attic? Hello all and welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ. I'm Lauren. There, we said it again. All right, there we go. We're starting (laughs) another episode. As if a whole week has gone by when actually... As if a whole week has gone by. But actually, we just let the last conversation fizzle out, and now we're starting over again. Darrow Brian does that when he's doing comedy. His curtain call takes half a second because he tells people that he's going to do a curtain call. He tells them the show's not over and that he has one more story. Then he tells them, I'm going to walk to the edge of the stage, leave my fingers outside the curtain, and then I'm going to walk right back. And then he does so. Huh? Why? It looks like this. I don't know why he does it. It's just the thing he does. So let's let's find out why he does that weird ass thing. Nope, I got nothing on this one. Alrighty. Don't know why he does it, but he does say "ah" after every joke. And that's the cue to be like laughter, applause. Well, I think he uses it as a filler. But if a joke ever fell flat and he had that noise, it would really enunciate the fact that it fell flat. Which I guess in in that case would be funny. I mean. If you're laughing at him, not with him. I mean, well, I guess I should read a poem. What are you reading this week, Lauren? Uh, I'm reading Friendship. Friendship. Oh, that's apropos. Apropos of what and why? This podcast, we're friends. Yeah, well, let's hope we have a lot to say about it. (laughs) Friendship. I've discovered a way to stay friends forever. There's really nothing to it. I simply tell you what to do, and you do it. And the drawing is a pointed finger. <laughs> Very large pointy finger. I mean, you can see the wrist in like a shirt cuff too. What's the worst thing a friend ever asked you to do? It's been a long time since a friend's asked me to do anything that it, like seemed not cool because anybody who would be asking me to do these things i'm probably not friends with anymore yeah i was thinking the same i remember i had a a friend at work this is ages and ages ago who i had just left that job to do something else and they called me up asking me to disguise my voice and threaten an acquaintance of theirs over the phone that's wild. I have never had it's anybody like, ask anything like that. Like, in no world, you keep me out of your thuggish bullshit. Like, in no world am I doing that. That is such a bizarre request. And it's like, I, I, th- they sounded so out of it. I know you're good at disguising your voice. Do you want to call somebody up and make this? Like, what the fuck? How, wait, how old? And this, the, I mean, this is obviously not kids that are young enough to do prank calls. No, this was an adult. This was an this was someone who could rent a car. That is very sketchy. It was sketchy as fuck. I remember well, I remember this wasn't uh wasn't really a friend, but I when I was in middle school, I had a locker right next to somebody who had been held back several years and was kind of a delinquent. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. he gave me a bottle of juice. And was like, here, okay. can, you put, can you store this in your locker? And I was like, gullible as fuck. And I was just like, oh, I guess he doesn't have room for it. <laughs> oh, can you store this? Yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever. It was a mystic. I think that was the drink. Mystic or whatever. Okay. And it turned out it had alcohol in it. But he didn't tell me until after. And I was like, 
Oh, that's why he wanted me to store it. I thought he just didn't have room. But you of course, go get, get the like goody two shoes. Get the good little two goody two shoes to to store your bottle of alcohol. You would have been sent to the special school. They wouldn't. They wouldn't know. I had no idea what was going on. Uh, <laughs> they would realize that this clueless little goody two shoes had no idea what was going on. Back when I was teaching middle school, we almost had a kid who could drive himself to school to eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure. I I think it was like seventh grade, and I'm pretty sure he was like fourteen. <laughs> that. You could, I could not believe that kid. I, oh, I could say his name, but, <laughs> but that, would, that would be so mean. It would be he, really mean. I have never met anyone before nor since who did not have like diagnosed dementia and you could tell him three words, ask him to repeat it immediately and he would get one of them wrong. Oh, poor kid. It's just like in... There is no chance for success here. Oh, Teach poor him kid. how to shovel. Oh, I wonder what happened to him. He obviously had Nothing some sort good. of <laughs> He obviously had some sort of severe disability. Oh yes. But like I mean he could put on clothes. You know, like he, he could understand routines. It wasn't like, you know, he's gonna require twenty four hour medical care where it's like he you know, leaves the stove on and burns the house down, but he just learning anything was just not in his wheelhouse. Huh. Hopefully they got a he got a good job breaking rocks or something. There aren't as many jobs like that anymore. <laughs> Not in America. <laughs> nope, for sure no. Go over to go over to Central Africa and get yourself a job ship breaking. Ship breaking? Yeah, like, where they're disassembling they, things? Where they beach the giant all the, the old fifty year old cruise ships that they beach and then scrap out. I didn't know. That, that. is a nightmare looking job, man. How did you learn about this job? Oh, like YouTube, the same place I learn about everything else. Oh. Yeah, hang on. Let's, let's talk about the shipbreakers. Uh, shipbreaking is a type of ship disposal involving the breaking up of ships, either as a source of parts or for the extraction of raw materials. Modern ships have a lifespan of about 30 years before corrosion, metal fatigue, and lack of parts render them uneconomical. Shipbreaking allows the materials to be recycled. Oh, cool. In 2012... Why is that so out of date? In 2012, roughly 1,250 ocean ships were broken down and the average age was 26 years. In 2013, the world total of demolished ships amounted to 29 million tons, 92% of which are demolished in Asia. As of January 2020, Alang Ship Breaking Yard in India has the largest global share at 30%, followed by... Chittagong shipbreaking yard in Bangladesh. Well, uh, but what's so like? What's so difficult? I mean, what's up with the work? I, I assume that just baking breaking things apart is hard to do. But yeah, no, it's just but, super dangerous, and uh-huh. you're exposed to all kinds of awful chemicals. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, it's one of those. They're not too interested in OSHA. Like OSHA doesn't have a very strong presence in Bangladesh, and so you know, there's yeah. lots of there's injuries and fatalities from falling out of things or things falling on you. Yeah, uh, the reason I was looking at this poem, other than we're running out of poems, I keep thinking we're running out of poems, <laughs> and then it turns out we actually do have a lot more poems, but I just don't plenty feel of like, poems, but I just don't really feel like reading them <laughs> at that moment. 
So I am now surrounded by children. Like every house around me has children. Oh, and... I was like, I'm not seeing any. Okay, I got you with <laughs> No, but every house around me has children. And uh, one of my neighbors has like this incredibly bossy young daughter. Oh, yeah. And her dad has taken it to be like, do you listen to yourself? Like everything that you say is just bossing someone around. Are you thinking about what you're saying? Do you listen to yourself? And then the very next thing is her boss saying like, you got to do this or this other thing. And so you need to stop talking to me like that, dad. That actually requires way more awareness than she has. Oh, my niece is super bossy too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, kids are, aren't they though? Like that was one of the things that I was thinking about when I was looking at this poem today was that there's a big difference between adult friendship and young childhood friendship where in childhood, like the idea of a friend that, or the idea of somebody who just does whatever you say being, being a friend seems like, oh yeah, that's what a friend might do. Whereas an adult, you'd be like, what? That's not a friend. In, in elementary school, the absolute worst thing you can say to someone is, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. Or you ask somebody to do someone and then you're like, I'll be your best friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, the amount of like just spitting fights where it was started over. I'm not, she's not going to be my friend anymore. She's told so and so not to be my friend. Like, shut the hell up. If I get on Facebook and I have 200 less friends, that's going to be a golden Sunday for me. You just saved me a lot of work. I wouldn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> if I dropped 200 friends on Facebook, I, I wouldn't even notice. I pretty much only use Facebook for work. It's the eight people who post consistently, one of whom only posts memes, and they're my best friend in the world. I, on Facebook. I, I use Facebook mostly for my buy nothing group at this point, so I can get free shit. And get rid of shit. So how do you think uh, we've remained friends for as long as we have? Effort? Effort? That's a good point. I I <laughs> did talk to... Uh, earlier this week, I talked to one of my friends on the phone. And I hadn't talked to him in so long that like talking to him was... A lot of people were like, oh yeah, you know, you just... You talk to someone and you don't talk to them. And then you talk to them again. And it's just like, n- no time everyone by. And I'm like, it's getting less and less like that, I think. Yeah, you've mentioned that you don't feel that as much. Yeah. Because I found that I have some friends that I really like, but I don't communicate with that regularly. But I don't know, maybe it has to do with me just being socially unaware. But to me, it never feels awkward. Yeah, I feel awkward. Yeah. But I mean, like in the case of this podcast, like I get a, I get a weekly update from you effectively. That's true. I am also, it's a weird weekly update, though, because I'm very aware of what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, a, that's, I was thinking about you saying that there are episodes where you talk most of the time, and how I, and I realize it might be a, somewhat of a, of a spiraling effect, because I think once you start talking, I'm, I'm listening, and then it starts to feel like <laughs> I'm listening to the podcast rather than, <laughs> oh no oh god <laughs> but that's not necessarily a bad thing for me i'm like oh russ is saying something interesting i'm just gonna listen or funny well, saying, or whatever I, silence is scary is it more scary i mean i guess it's less scary when you're recording because then you can just cut it all out well i also feel like i'm being boring 
Like uh. for me, the like comfortable silence is a rarity with me. Oh, I'm such a comfortable silence person. No, after about five seconds, I am just pissing myself. Huh? That's odd because I uh, the carpet's red. Because I'm I'm I mean, definitely when you're not in person, I think silence is uncomfortable. But in person, I I'm often when I'm with people who talk a lot, I'm just like, why are they still talking? But I don't really <laughs> feel that with you, which means you we do have comfortable silences because when hmm. when there isn't a comfortable silence once in a while, I will notice. And if there <laughs> and if there are then and they they're not excessive, then I won't notice. It'll just feel like everything's normal to me. I'm one of those people that doesn't even listen very well. I just wait for my chance to speak. Oh god, see that's too long already. <laughs> I got a book. Have you heard of this? No, I do recognize that face. For the listeners, this is Iowati on Top, written by uh, Richard Iowati, who is a British comedian and television host and any number of other things. A very was, funny guy. Was he uh, Moss from uh, the yep. IT crowd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, where he, that's where he came to prominence. Um, well, this book was written uh, because Richard Iowati saw the... 2003 Gwyneth Paltrow romantic comedy view from the top and he was so incensed by that movie that he wrote a book length review of it and mashed in personal philosophy that's amazing that is the greatest act of spite I've ever heard of in my entire life and this might be my new bible I love it I love it's a good book I imagine on behalf of myself and the entire Iowati team, welcome to Iowati on Top, at last, the definitive book about perhaps the best cabin crew dramedy ever filmed. View from the Top, starring Gwyneth Paltrow. What was the movie about? <laughs> Can Gwyneth Paltrow successfully become an air stewardess and maintain her relationship with Mark Ruffalo? Huh? What that can was it. So, That's can it. somebody be an air stewardess and have a relationship with someone? That's the movie. That's not doesn't sound very interesting. It's just a send up of every. It's it's almost like peak rom com. It's like the zenith of imperfection. <gasps> it's formulaic to a fault. It's it, it could have been written by an AI. Maybe I haven't like, seen enough movies, and so to me this just sounds very strange. Like, oh, it's, wait, what's the conflict? Well the, well, the conflict is, can she maintain her relationship? Because being an air stewardess is hard work. I mean, I, I guess you're not home a lot. Yeah. Can you imagine trying to maintain a relationship with Mark Ruffalo when you're not home a lot? And what if she doesn't get the good routes, Lauren? What if she doesn't get the good routes? I mean, that's why they have unions, so that you can maintain <laughs> relationships with people. But it's like, as dumb as you think the movie is, yes. It's it's exactly... So it's like, wait, you're telling me that air stewardesses can have relationships? Shut the fuck up. You are clearly not Gwyneth Paltrow and or Mark Ruffalo. I think... Uh, when was this movie made? 2003. Okay. Okay, here we go. Donna Jensen is from a small town in Nevada. She wants to escape her miserable, unhappy life of living in a trailer with her alcoholic mother, a former Las Vegas showgirl, and her abusive alcoholic stepfather. 
After graduating high school, Donna struggles to make ends meet working as a clerk in a big lots. After her boyfriend leaves her, Donna sees a TV interview with Sally Weston, a former flight attendant, who has written a memoir called My Life in the Sky. Donna, th- it's a lifetime movie. And then she's going to become an air stewardess. And then she's going to have a problem in her relationship. And then they're going to get together happily. How did they get like a name as big as Gwyneth Paltrow even in 2003 to play this garbage? Uh, that's not the half of it. Here's your cast. Gwyneth Paltrow, Christina Applegate, Mark Ruffalo, Candace Bergen, Rob Lowe, and Mike Myers. Back in the day, he was still making movies. How did they get them to do this garbage? Oh, look, John Polito as well. Yeah, I forgot about him. Um, I don't know. The budget was only 30 mil. Wow. 14 on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, look, the article for the movie on Wikipedia references Iowati on top. <laughs> oh, that's great. When we were reading Where the Sidewalk Ends, there was a poem that was very similar to Friendship. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it was called My Rules. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I think it was one that you read, and it was all about, like, if you want to marry me, here are all the things you must do. learn how to do. Yeah. And wait, and then, we're... And then the, the wife leaves at the end, yeah. Potential wife, yeah. Um, so this poem seems very similar to that. Except that I think in the case of marriage, that I think there are often more demands of, you have to do what I tell you to, than... Uh, and that's normalized then in friendship where it's like, that's not a friend if you're just doing what someone tells you to do. Yeah, like Telling a friend to do something is kind of weird. Yeah, it is. I only had one friend that remained pretty bossy into adulthood and we aren't friends anymore. So whatever. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my mom's coming in town next week. Yeah. So she's coming up here with her boyfriend and... She's asking me things to do as though this place is interesting. You mean the suburb you live in? Yeah, I live in Richmond. Do do you remember where you're coming from? It's a lot like that. There's a movie theater. like Or whale watching. If you want to go whale watching, you can do that. Uh, That is, you can also stand on the boardwalk outside my apartment and whale watch. It's pretty common. (laughs) Do you see whales all the time? Yeah. <gasps> what kinds? Uh, uh, orcas are really common. And <gasps> That's so then cool. Uh, and then there's like the little like pilot. Uh, I don't know what they are. Oh my gosh! I never. I have never seen orcas. I'm so jealous. I guess really? I'll have to come visit. No, I. I even went to the to the San Juan Islands and I didn't see any orcas. Uh, oh, let's see. Oh, yeah, we do get humpbacks occasionally. I've never seen yeah. a humpback, but they do. But they do. Come I have up. seen those. Okay, gray whales and minky whales. Mm-hmm. Minky. I'm trying to remember. I think they actually one? do have a weird pronunciation. You might want to look it up. If I remember, minky. I think there is a weird pronunciation for them. Yeah, apparently whale. Yeah. It w- when humpbacks show up, they like make the news. Well, humpbacks are one of the most fun to watch because they really like to launch those big old bodies out of the water <laughs> and flap Man. their tails around. I, and I guess it's because blue whales don't like breach. They're just too 
yeah fucking ridiculous but i remember seeing like for the first time i had an idea of how big a humpback whale was but i didn't really have an idea about a blue whale and then i saw one of those exhibits that had like a mock-up of a humpback whale next to a blue whale right and i got scared blue nothing should be that big yeah i guess i guess that actually would be pretty mind-blowing for me too because i i've seen a skeleton of blue whale and i'm like wow that's really big but I think if I saw a mock-up of a full-size, like a life-size mock-up of a blue whale next to a humpback, which I do have an idea of how big it is, which is very big, I, it would really blow my mind. God damn. Biggest animal ever. That's isn't that neat? Biggest at... animal ever. We've had so many big animals that have been on Earth and they died out. And then we have the biggest one that ever was and it's here now. That is so scary. There's like pictures of divers near them, and it's like, this is all. This is all. This is not an animal. This is a landmass, a building. Ugh. Anywho, well, do you have any, any uplifting thoughts to leave our listeners? With? I don't know. I like blue whales. I've never seen one, yeah. but but I think it would be pretty cool to see one. Uh, blue whales. To me, blue whales are an uplifting thought. How would you see? I mean, I, I guess you'd have to be diving to see one because they don't. I mean, other than maybe, like, their tail or their blow. Well, they mean, I mean, yeah, they come to the surface. They have to come to the surface to breathe. Yeah, but they don't do anything showy. I mean, when you're that big, it's, you know, you're going to see them. They don't launch themselves skyscraper high. No, but you're going to look down. and you're the nearest cruise ship. No, but you're going to go look down and you're going to be like, oh, <laughs> that is a big fucking thing. I was in Hawaii and saw my first sea turtle and it scared me. It, like, bloomed out of the sand underneath yeah, me. And I was like, Jesus, yeah. fuck. Yeah, they've surprised me before. And they're like, large. And now this car is going to drive past you. <laughs> yep, they're large. They are kind of car-like. <laughs> <laughs>